welcome to Overcoming, the podcast to support you in your healing, growth, and overcoming journey. My name is Taylor, I am your host, and I'm here to support you through tools, resources, and also shared lived experiences to inspire you to take back your life regardless of life's messiness. I am also a doctor of occupational therapy, certified trauma professional, and survivor who's been healing for years to remind you that anything is possible. Before we get started, I want to remind you that there is a trigger warning present throughout this entire podcast just due to the heavy nature of trauma and also shared stories from our guests. Additionally, this is for educational purposes only. Make sure that you are checking out and going to see your medical providers and psychology professionals for individualized advice. Again, take care of yourself. If you need crisis resources, they are on my website. You can also contact the emergency services. And now that all of that is out of the way, I invite you to take some deep breaths, ground yourself, and join me in this overcoming journey. All right, everyone. So I decided to just start recording because I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Marissa. She is from Little Bent, Not Broken. And we are going to be talking about perfection and our strive for perfection as survivors on this journey. And literally, we're just having this conversation. And she's like, you know, I'm a little nervous. And I was like, don't be nervous. Wait, instead of saying, don't be nervous. Like that's, that's a tendency. Like I just want to people please. And I want to correct and I want to fix. Right. And I'm like, mm. let's literally just start recording and talking about the fact that we're nervous and that's Absolutely. okay. Yes, it is. Okay. I think too, we, let's be honest, podcasts are a very popular thing right now. Right. And I'll be honest. I listen to a lot of well produced ones, I'm not saying yours is not well produced, but like ones that oh, have no mind game. Mine's <laughs> way more raw. Don't worry. And I, it's done that away on purpose yes. because the, okay. Yes. Let's talk about that too. The perfectionism, even in podcasts. Okay. Yes. So like so produced, so scripted. And mm-hmm. I think the more that we have things that are produced and scripted, it's like this quality, right? This professionalism, we lose connection and we lose authenticity. Absolutely. And, and it plants the, the idea that if someone else wanted to do a podcast and the main reason why a lot of people aren't or don't is because they're like, Oh, mine is not that good. Mine can't be that good because mm-hmm. I don't have X, Y, and Z. And that sounds so similar to exactly what perfectionism is, right? It's I'm not good enough until I do, until I become, until I am X, Y, and Z. And we're always putting off and putting off and putting off and putting off instead of accepting like where we are and using the resources at our disposal disposal right now. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it just, it, those and they're great podcasts right the ones that have the backing and the music and the the people who can go in and cut out all of the filler and the ums and the likes and the whatever you know um like that right there I'm very hyper aware right now of my my ums well and here's the thing it's so funny to me because I have this conversation with all of my guests I'm like unless there is something huge where you're like oh my gosh I shouldn't have said that please cut that out like I don't edit. And the reason that I don't edit is because I preach this method of this message. See, can't even talk. I preach this message of authenticity of humanness. We are messy humans. And as survivors, we are even more messy and how we show up quote unquote, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, our brains sometimes don't work the way we want them to work. Sometimes I feel like I, I definitely 
have ADHD and I have not gotten diagnosed yet, but like my squirrel brain is like, shoo, 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 shoo. <laughs> and I literally, if you listen to my first episode or when I like share my story, like way back in season one, I'm like, just so you know, I'm going to go all over the place. If you can follow it. Awesome. Like if, if this bothers you, this is not for you because the people who will get it, will get it. And the other ones, they won't. And that's okay. And I think that brings up a really good conversation of like stepping into your authenticity because Absolutely, yeah. you're not for everyone. And how hard is that to swallow? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially when we, I, I can only speak from my experience, but like, you know, growing up in environments where in order to be loved and accepted and to find that sense of safety and security, you had to be this version of yourself that maybe wasn't in alignment, that wasn't authentic. And you did always have to be on. And that hypervigilance, right, is so hard to let go of. Yes. Um, because we've we've operated in a certain way for so long that we know will get us that love, validation, acceptance, and approval. And when we start to move away from it, even if we're moving toward something that feels more like us, it can also feel not great because of what we're letting go of and then sometimes because like you said right our brains are wired for survival our brains main priority is to protect us um and it's going to be like whoa 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 we're heading towards something i don't have any information on. i don't have any data on right now so let's go back toward the thing i know and i know it's not great for us but i know that we can still navigate it and it's a lot easier to do that than to take the harder steps of I don't want to operate in this way anymore. I want to stand up for myself. I want to set boundaries. I want to embrace and discover even my authentic self. Um, And I think that is where perfectionism can even come up in the healing journey, right? Especially because I love social media. I love the technological advancements we have at our disposal. However, we we see and hear so much of like the before and after. Mm And how it was like, it only took me like blah, 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 many years. And of course, in an Instagram caption, we're like, we could be talking about decades. Like my healing journey has been going on. I'm what, 20, well, I'm in my late twenties. I won't give my actual age because I feel really old right now, but it's been going on. I'm for 29, like- almost 30. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Like, I feel you. I was like, oh my gosh, 30 is in six months. It's fine. <gasps> well, happy early birthday. That's very exciting. 30 oh. is a great, 30 oh. is I'm really, no, I'm so excited to turn 30. I am truly, I'm one of those people who is truly convinced that 30 is, 30 is the year, like your, your 30 decade, that decade, um, your so. third decade of life is, yeah. I don't know, is oh, when you really fair. start to, to thrive. Cause you think, you know, your twenties, you're still discovering something, especially because and I know we're going off on a tangent here, but oh, no, go on it. Seriously. You know, <laughs> Trust where it leads. Heck yeah. Because in our, I feel like in our teen years, we're still in a system that tells us we have to figure out what we want to do for the rest of our lives by the time we turn 18. So then we go to college, we choose the one thing, we invest all of time and energy and money into that thing. And then are told that that's the thing we have to stick with because of the time and money, energy and whatever that we've invested in it. And if we decide all of a sudden, like I did, oh no, I don't want to do this. Then it's like, how, how dare you? What? You're wasting all of, you wasted all of this instead of something that I try to help myself and my clients look at it is like, nothing is truly wasted. If we choose to look at it through the lens of everything is feedback, right? Mm -hmm. What did we learn? We learned that this wasn't for us. We learned that we actually don't want to do this for the rest of our lives. We learned that we would much rather honor 
our own needs than just follow someone else's blueprint. And even though it may be safe, it may be, it may bring security. We may be quote unquote successful in that sense. Yeah. Are we happy? Right. And I'd rather oh. chase happiness over success any day, even if, yes. even if it means a pay cut. And even if it means I got to budget a little bit harder, you know, but yeah. Marissa, this is so aligned right now. Like I, <laughs> I, I just, and I'm, the way that things are going to come out, I'm not quite sure, but literally this morning, another episode that is going to be coming out either was, is already out or will be out later in the season. Cause I don't know the order yet, but literally <laughs> was just talking about how to step into your personal power. And for this person in particular, we were literally talking about how spirituality has supported that for us. And it's super, super interesting because when, when I think about 30 and why 30 is so scary, mm. it's not because I feel insecure. It's not because I don't feel comfortable where I am. I actually freaking love myself. Finally, like after growing up in a household that told me that I should be someone else, that I should be mm -hmm. shamed of who I am, mm -hmm. put myself in a box. And if I'm not in that box, then how dare you? Right. I've stepped way outside of that box. I'm just like you. I walked away from the job and I was like, this doesn't serve me. I'm going to go to something that does. I'm going to support people in this way. And I'm stepping away from stability where everyone thinks that I look crazy and I'm taking <laughs> risks. And there have been some setbacks along the way. I'm not going to lie. However, I am more myself than I have ever been and so deeply fulfilled. But what kills me about 30 is I think of where I am in life as far as the serious steps of settling down. Eventually mm -hmm. I want to mm -hmm. have kids. I am a single Pringle, <laughs> <laughs> like as single as you can get like, and here's the thing. I'm happy with that right now. It's 12, mm -hmm. 12 I'm saying that. Holy. Ooh. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's mm -hmm. been my sign that the thing is coming in for a while. Anyways, we're just going to ignore that. Um, <laughs> no, we're going to acknowledge it and embrace it <laughs> and then process it a little bit later. <laughs> we're just, that's, oh my gosh. All right. I'm blushing right now. It's fine. So no, but like, <laughs> as of this point, I am, I am single. I am comfortable in that. And to be completely honest, I don't want that right now. Like if, okay, mm -hmm. it, here's 12, 12 is like, shut up. Yes, you do. Here's the thing. If something <laughs> aligns with where I am in the future and it comes in and it's like, it's right. Obviously I'm, I'm a hopeless romantic. I will always find places how to like fit that into my life, but it has to be an alignment. And right now I am in such alignment with myself that like, mm. I don't see that happening. I'm about ready to freaking elevate as I hit my mic. Like I, I am about to elevate. I can feel this. I can feel this shift. I've been knowing this for a while and it's because I'm stepping into my authentic self and I'm connecting with the vibration around me that, that supports me, like where I'm going, like even this conversation right now that you and I are having is just like, this is exactly where it's supposed to be because we're doing things differently. Both you and I, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we'll talk about it a little bit too, is like, especially like for me is like the 30 as women, it's like my biological clock is slowing down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I live in a town where like people started getting married at like 19 and 20 and I did the career route. Like, I was like, I'm going to go be an overachiever and get a doctorate. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Like, <laughs> and, and I have anxious attachment and I have a lot of issues around this. I was hung up on this guy since I was 16 who treated me really poorly. And I, you know, it's because I thought this is what love should be. It was this in and out for gosh, probably almost a decade in my life. Mm. And I'm like, 
I made a lot of mistakes along the way in that way. However, each time that I stumbled, especially in terms of relationships, it brought me back to myself more and more. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pulled me out of perfectionism, actually, because even this showed up in relationships and I'm curious if this did for you too. When we had, when we like had to act a certain way or be a certain thing to get attention and love from our parents, that not only shaped me as a human being in like a workspace, but as if I, in order to deserve love, I need to make myself be whatever I am and whatever that person would want. Mm -hmm. It's not about whether or not I think they're good enough for me or whether or not that I connect with them or I feel safe or I feel good. It's how do they feel about me? And if they don't, what is wrong with me? How do I manipulate myself to make Mm -hmm. myself desirable to them? Oh yeah. (laughs) I can totally, I can totally relate. Um, especially in like a fixer sense of like, Oh, they're unhappy. It's my responsibility or I am responsible for their happiness because Mm -hmm of the messaging, not only are we getting from our upbringing, but I don't know about you, some religious trauma over here. And then like societal stuff too, that's like, you know, and then how we see it in movies, right? Um, Don't get me wrong. I'm with you. Hopeless romantic. I love my rom-coms. But it does set this unrealistic expectation that love and relationships are either easy or like, if there is difficulty, then another person has to swoop in. It's kind of like, um if someone it's like you know our energy levels wax and wane and ebb and flow Mm -hmm. if someone's at 20 and the other person's at 80 or whatever it's the person who's at 80 it's their responsibility to like get them back up to 100 or whatever so everyone's on the same the same plane and that's the basis of a good you know relationship and yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) no I I 100 100 agree and I think that it's like this idea of a missing piece that they tell you. Right. And that, I think that alone. So let's just think about like that in the scope of the world, that there is somehow something out there. There is a missing piece to complete who you are. Totally. Yeah. Like not only just a person, but maybe it's a job, maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's basically that mentality that we've had since we were really young is telling us that we are not enough as we are, and Mm -hmm. we are not whole Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, just think about the way people talk about relationships, right? They're my other half. Yeah. I, I get into so many, not heated or like discussions about it, but I am very passionate about this that like yeah. you, every single person is 100% a person. Mm-hmm. And when you come into relationships, it's not that you are 50% of a person trying to find the other 50 to become 100% of a person. You are both 100% adding to each other's humanness and 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 uh amplifying each other's happiness not becoming the source or the source of each other's happiness or even your worth right um and and I told like going back to what you said about (laughs) being a single Pringle I actually never heard that I love that Um, (laughs) thank you I I might have made that up I like rhyming so sometimes like rhyming and alliteration comes out it's fine it's one of my dorky sides I love it I love it (laughs) because Yeah, it's, it's so good. Um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, I was so hung up on single Pringle. (laughs) You were talking about how, um, it's not about completing the other person moving forward and your authenticity. And in general that you get really passionate about relationships because it's saying that you're not whole. Oh yeah. And, and just, we were saying about, you know, being single at 29 and entering your 30 soon, like, I always wonder who said 
life had to be and look and follow a certain path like yes where did the expectation come from that like if we turn 30 like we need to have our shit together and 30 is when we start settling down 30 is when we start doing x y and z Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends who are either now 30 in their 30s or are you know like us approaching our 30s yep no one no one I know really has their shit together like there are some things that they're very happy and secure in yeah and then there are things where they're like well I feel like you know if I just had x y z it would feel better because like you said that messaging of someone else out there is going to make you whole or when you do this then you'll be whole if you it's the job it's the house it's the car it's the family it's that there's always there's always something um And that there's there mm, <laughs> like there's no timeline. Like I had a lot of friends who chose relationships over career. Yeah. Other people who chose career over relationships. A lot of my friends are married and having babies. I am nowhere close to that, right? And I have a lot of conversations with friends who are like, God, I'm so behind. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're yeah. like, well, I'm not, I'm not where I should be. And I was like, what does that even mean? I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm almost 30. Like I, I, you know, I, it reminds you of that scene from little women. Like I'm 27 and I have no prospects or no yeah. money, you know, that, that yeah. scene. And I'm like, who said that at any, at any age, at any point of our lives, we needed to have anything Yep. at all. Yeah. And it's this narrative that I am very passionate about. Yeah breaking not just like in our lives or interpersonal relationships but like in our jobs right like I have no shame in saying this I'm I'm 27 and I work part-time at a pet food store <laughs> in addition yeah. to like the one-on-one coaching and the um consulting I I do and you know the entrepreneurial endeavors I have laid out for myself yeah. um well, guess what I'm currently babysitting on the side to make sure that I have yeah. enough money to pay rent until this explodes which again I know it's going to but yes yeah. And I'm 29. Yeah. I mean, I have a doctorate degree and I'm watching <laughs> a 10 month old in the mornings. <laughs> like, come on. You know what I mean? But that's my path right now. That's yes. your path right now. And that's yes. okay. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Our, our paths and our journeys are so unique because we are unique, multifaceted human beings. And it's yep. not life in general is not this cut and dry. It's not black and white. There's so much nuance. There's so much context. There's so, there's so much more than what we have been told. And, and maybe it's because I grew up in environments and maybe you did too, where it was like, adults have their shit together. Like that was the belief. Like you have to listen to me because I'm the adult. I'm the parent. I know what's best for you. Or it's their fear navigating their parenting or their advice giving, right? Like, Ooh, I, recognize I made a lot of, or I'm seeing a lot of mistakes that I made. And also while we're talking about like mistakes and perfectionism, I saw this post that was like, what if instead we called, excuse me, we called mistakes plot twists, right? Like think of, yes, think of your that's favorite what book. I do. Yes. I'm, like, I'm like anything that happens. I'm like, it's for the plot. It makes it funny. <laughs> it makes it funny. It makes it fun. I'm like, oh, they broke my heart. Oh, it's just for the plot. This is it's my main plot. character movie. Like it's good. Like yes. the only way that a movie is interesting as if things happen, right? Like failures happen or whatever. They're not going to wind up all the time. Like at the right. happily ever after, like, no, there has to be something to make it interesting. Otherwise exactly. you're not going to watch it. Exactly. Think of our, like, I have a 
giant bookshelf behind me. Like think of our favorite books, our favorite movies, our favorite shows, Mm -hmm. right? It's not this like perfect evolution of baby, child, teenager, adult, married, retirement. Like there is so much more that happens in life. And it's, it's really unfair to put that pressure one for society to put that pressure on us, but then to like, for us to internalize it and, and because we're our harshest, our own harshest critics. Right. And then we add like so much more shame and judgment and criticism onto that. And it's really unfair to even approach life that way. And, and I think when we're talking about authenticity, not even being our authentic self, but allowing all this authenticity to come up in every aspect of our lives. Yep. Right. And I love what you're saying too, about like your babysitting right now, that's where you are right now. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Because you're doing what you need to do to maintain a roof over your head, you know, um, while the dream is building and I'm happy. Exactly. And I think that is very different than like, always striving for more like we we can hold space for both again that nuance right we can hold space for both of being grateful for where we are recognizing that we desire more but being grateful for where we are as we are striving for for more um and I know gratitude gets pushed as like (laughs) people talk a lot about gratitude and like as a not antidote but as a coping mechanism and for a really long time I was like ew gross but in my depression my depressionism, whoa, my depression recovery, I did notice that like being grateful for the little things really did help because Mm -hmm. of that narrative that's always like, no, you're like, look at all the things you don't have going for you right now. Mm -hmm. Look at all the things that you haven't yet achieved or accomplished or are nowhere near accomplishing yet. That shame, that messaging, that narrative, yeah, that's going to make someone feel really shitty about themselves. And I hope it's okay. I can cuss. Um, oh, oh, go for it. Also, <laughs> do you know why, like at a brain, like the neurological standpoint, do you know why that is that that gratitude supported you? Ooh, tell me. Because you literally, so you're reprogramming your subconscious brain. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. This, the goal of your subconscious is to prove itself right. Your subconscious, I talk about this probably pretty much every episode. How does it come down to this? That's um, so funny. Yeah, pretty much. We get to this point. So if you don't know this by now, you're gonna. Um, so the subconscious brain, 93% of our decisions and everything we do is ruled by our subconscious brain. It's mm-hmm, automatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's forms from when we're in childhood, all of this stuff. We have these beliefs that are held within our subconscious brain. Like I'm not good enough. And so what's going to happen is that's a belief that you have about you and your life. So your subconscious brain is going to actively look for the evidence to prove that to be true. Mm -hmm. So people with different beliefs can see situations completely differently. So if you believe you're not good enough and you failed at something, you're going to be like, well, of course I did because I'm not good enough. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you think you are good enough, you're going to see that failure as a lesson and okay, this is going to support me next time right? So the gratitude, you're actually programming your brain to start looking for the little positive things instead of immediately going to your programming of looking for the negative things, you're starting to shift the program in your subconscious Mm. mind. So slowly Mm -hmm. you start automatically looking for more of the positive things. Ooh, cool. Huh? That's so cool. I love Mm -hmm. the brain and learning more about that, but I did, I did not know that. I knew that there were like, like neurological 
benefits mm -hmm. um, more than just like emotional and, and mental, like there were physical things that happened, like the neuroplasticity, right? As yes. we're unlearning things and rewiring those neural pathways in our brain. Yeah, that's, mm, mm. Yep. I love it. But that, that's basically, that's exactly it. Like what I just said is you're changing the neural pathway. Yeah. You're, yeah. you know, like your subconscious has always done it this way. So what I like to say is you're like rewiring the computer program. Yes. That's basically what you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, it comes down to all, like all of the like neural pathway and the neurological stuff, all that, like when you get really deep, absolutely. But like a basic level, that's you're literally just changing the way that your brain sees things because you're shifting your evidence. Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought up the subconscious mind, because I think, especially in the healing journey, and if we're relying on social media and books and podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff, a lot of it taps into the, the thinking brain, right? And not so much the subcon, the automatic things. The I mean, it does target limiting beliefs in terms of like a, like once you've identified it, now you can actively change it, but there isn't always that opportunity or space to I, even identify like what the yes. limiting belief is and to like mm -hmm. give the subconscious brain space to come to the forefront and be seen and heard yep. um yep. which I think yeah. yeah 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 healing is really just taking the subconscious and bringing it to conscious awareness and working through it but what's really interesting is that from a trauma survivor point of view it's like okay have you I was at this point in a healing journey where I would say anything positive to myself and everything in my body would reject it. Like someone would tell me that I was pretty and I would have to be like, no, mm -hmm. like I could not mm -hmm. hold space for it because nothing in my body felt, I felt disgusting and miserable and horrible based on the emotional abuse that I've been through that I had to push it back at someone. It could not just sit in my body when people mm. would get upset with me. Oh, you're just fishing or whatever. No, I literally could not hold a belief that yeah. I was beautiful in my body because it went against everything that I've ever learned and everything I've ever known. Mm -hmm. So just saying something is not enough. Just the logic part of things like, oh, well, people say this is no, that that's not enough. You have to be able to recognize from a trauma standpoint, where that's coming from and work through the trauma of that, because I was not able to start seeing myself and seeing myself as the strong, beautiful, amazing woman that I am without working through these attachment wounds and working through the emotional abuse and all of this stuff that created the belief mm -hmm. that I wasn't enough and that I was gross, disgusting human. Mm -hmm it's not just enough to just be like, oh yeah, like let's just practice affirmations in the mirror. <laughs> if your body, everything in you and your past memories and everything that has led you to this point has shaped the belief that no, you're not, that doesn't, that's not going to exactly. change it. You can't force it. You got to work through it. Exactly. And I think you bring up a really good point too. And this is an analogy I, I talk a lot about with my clients. So if you're a client listening to this, you already know it, but a ladder uh, analogy, right? If right now, right, you have, you recognize some you recognize a low self-worth, a negative self-perspective of yourself, right? But you want to be able to look in the mirror and be like, I am a beautiful goddess radiating love and sunlight and beauty always. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's also a messaging we get on social media, right? Like you just need to say this affirmation 10 times in the mirror and, and you're, you're good. Gonna, you're, go you're golden. Ah, but our, but awesome. like you're saying, not only our subconscious, our nervous system can't doesn't believe that like that no. feels so unregulating to believe and so I always say okay yep. if that belief is at the top of the ladder if that's what you're working toward what can you believe right now and that is the first step and then yes. once you can fully embody 
that belief, then we can work toward the next, next step. Maybe it's just like, I have a body that's gotten me through some hard shit. I just survived a pandemic. I survived maybe, a, you know, a rough childhood, rough mm-hmm. upbringing, something. I can accept that. And I love and accept myself for that. Okay, cool. What's the next thing? And so on and so forth until we can reach the point of like, being unapologetic that like fuck yeah I am a beautiful radiant goddess and yeah. and I am deserving of so much love and and you know all that stuff yep um and then I had a question for you too you know as yeah. we're talking about it, the latter isn't always a great analogy because of course like nuance um because there can be days where it might feel like we have to go back down a couple rungs to mm-hmm. because like where we are or whatever you know whatever's happening there are situations where it might feel like we are quote unquote regressing. And so I'm curious if you've ever experienced that on your. Have I? (laughs) (laughs) It was a trick question. (laughs) Oh Lord. Yes. Yes. Okay. And here's the thing. So I'm also, I mean, people know this by now. I'm also a spiritual person and I believe Mm -hmm. that there are certain lessons and certain things that we learn. And if we don't learn them the first time, they're going to come back around with a different person in a different way. And the best way that I can describe this, that we're going back to relationships, because I feel like a lot of people relate to this and it's really easy to look at. Okay. I am someone who, like I said, from day one of my healing journey, I had zero self-worth. I just wanted to be loved and accepted. And I was told that I would never be able to, that I was crazy. And that if I ever did find someone that this person would find them on my wedding day, warn them, and they would run away from me because they would know the truth. Oh Oh, yeah. It's, it's gross. It's really, it's mean, but you know what I mean? So I internalize that I am so miserable. Even if I don't believe it, there's this tiny little seed that is like trickling down that it's like, well, and the other thing was crazy. People don't think they're crazy. You know, people don't see their flaws that much. So maybe I am this, and maybe they, mm-hmm. you know, if they say this so much, they see this so much. And they're the one who sees me the most, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This maybe this is true. And that was enough to completely derail my life. So little overview of my dating history. Like I said, <laughs> no self-worth. Um, I, the people who really did care about me and were genuine, I saw, and were interested in me. I saw as they were manipulative because they're being nice to me. Um, the ones who I was drawn to were the ones that were toxic and pushing me away. And <laughs> I, after I started healing and growing and unlike getting to a point in my life where I would fawn, I would fawn, I would fawn. And then I would get really mad that they were treating me horribly and I would blow up at them. Mm. Z, if you're listening, sorry. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) he knows, he knows we've done it to each other. Um, we just bring out the shadow side, worst parts of each other. It's just, yeah, to this day, he, he follows me now too. So this is gonna be funny. Um, but it's like, we both know it's, it's never going to work out. It's not the thing, but we both taught each other a lot of lessons. And until I learned that lesson in between every relationship, both of us would find a way to reconnect and go back to this toxic pattern Mm. of, okay, well, we're not good together, but we weren't able to find it here. So we're going to come circle back around here. And it's, I found that the thing that bothered me so much about how he showed up, he internally, the reason that I was drawn to him, it was like, I see the potential. Okay. Mm. We're very much alike in the fact that like at a soul level, we're like very ooey, gooey, romantic, sweet. He used to write poetry, like just connected (laughs) at this like level that 
made so much sense to me. And I was like, wow, I feel so seen. Wow. I like, I see this, like there's this hard exterior, but oh my gosh, you're so soft and ooey gooey inside. And just like, I feel seen, I feel heard and all of this stuff. But let me tell you, this man is the most avoidant. <laughs> when we're talking avoidant attachment, mm-hmm. literally we would get close and it would, it would feel really good and be like, okay, like we're going to make something official, whatever. And then he would push me away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I would be like, cling, 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 cling more. And then it pushed him even further. And it was this cat and mouse game and cat and mouse game. Right. And then my next serious relationship, I feel them start to distance themselves. And then I run a little bit closer. I try and fawn a little bit more. I try and make myself more appealing. And that freaks them out. And they're like, oh my gosh, this girl is clingy and it triggers my abandonment wounds. And so I push away more, even though what I want to do is connect more. Both of us want to connect more consistently being avoidant. And then I get into this relationship again, where I'm like, this has been my best friend for a long time. We're living together. Like he's been in love with me forever. And I'm finally giving him a chance because I'm not scared anymore. And he's actually not manipulative. He is the nice guy. And then he gets avoidant and he pushes me away. And what do I do? I start to run and I'm like, Ooh, wait, I'm not going to continue this cycle anymore because this is not in alignment with who I am that there's been like probably like eight years of healing between this original cat and mouse game of me trying to make myself into something. I'm not, this person knows me inside and out. I know this person inside and out. They've always been a safe, trusted person for me. I'm not going to do this. And for me, I started changing my pattern of let me run after you. Let me try and fix. Let me try and overcorrect. This hurts me here. Like the overcommunication, and I need this. I need that. I need that. Right. I started changing that throughout our relationship. Mm. And what was interesting is that his pattern was still the same. He would still run away to the point where at the end of our relationship, we were in an argument and I was hardly saying words and he was talking himself in circles and doing the same thing that he does, whether or not I was responding, Mm. he was running away. He was getting angry. He was pushing down feelings. He was, and I was like, this just doesn't align with me anymore this doesn't align. And I saw the same kind of pattern in this guy that I was most recently dating that like, I, I was like, this is it. This is the thing. Like I've never been more sure in my life. This is the thing. And my whole body just felt really good and safe. And there was stuff later that I figured out that it wasn't. However, I knew I saw him get slightly avoided emotionally and be unable to handle what there was. And I had to, in that moment, choose, okay, am I going to being codependent and having this, you know, anxious attachment as my business is launching? This is so, so important to me. I know that I care about this person so deeply that what I want to do, especially from like my trauma drive right now is I want to be there for them and I want to fix it. And I want to cling closer and know they're not alone. And I want to make sure they know that I am here. And I'm not going to lose them through this. Right. And then as I've been learning and as I've been healing, I had to recognize that impulse and go, okay, that doesn't align with me anymore. And actually what aligns with me is that I need to pull myself back and recognize my own value, my own worth. We've been down this road. We're not going down this anymore. This is not what we do now. If, you know, we're not going to chase, if they want to push away and they want to have their own negative coping mechanisms and they want to stop emotionally connecting because they're going through stuff, that's theirs we're not going to chase and we're not going to continue the cycle. If they can't find a way to break their cycle of avoidance and come to you and connect and move forward authentically, and you guys can work on your stuff together and support each other and it's not going to work. And so I literally, I was like, I have, I think this is going to be the person, 
but at this point right now, I'm not going to lose myself in someone else trying to help them, trying to support them and me trying to get love out of everything, right? That I had the conversation of, it doesn't work right now. You need to heal in your way. You can't be accountable to me and you're pushing me away. I'm not chasing you. I don't do that anymore. It's not that I don't care about you. It's that this is an unhealthy pattern. Mm -hmm. This turns down a really toxic road. I'm not doing this. And I walked away from it. And I was like, did I just, did I just do that? (laughs) To the point where I know that next time something comes in, I am capable of managing myself, of being out of that pattern of advocating for myself and allowing someone to go through their own stuff, but not letting it derail me or my life. And Mm -hmm. I am empowered now. And that's been a repeating cycle for gosh, how many years? And every single time it happened, I'm like, how am I here again? guilting myself, shaming myself, like, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. I let this happen again, but each time I handle it differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time. What, what you're saying is such a, is such a good point. I think so often we hear about the changes as this like big grandiose thing, like all of a sudden I, and this can't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but what I am trying to say is that sometimes those shifts aren't this like big grand thing it's exactly what you said of just choosing to do something differently right mm-hmm. when you recognize the pattern and you see that it is no longer serving you and also to the point of like shaming and judging ourselves we have to remember that that pattern the way we were operating kept us safe or like benefited us in some way at some point yes. whether it kept us safe whether it got us love attention validation approval whatever it served us in some point and now it no longer does because we have either outgrown it or it just doesn't fit where we are in our life right now yep um and recognizing that and choosing something differently. Again, going back to like what we talked about at the very beginning, that that's really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is very important is regulating our nervous system. And like you were saying, uh, like tapping into our authentic self. And whenever we talk about the authentic self, I always want to like add a little disclaimer that that doesn't mean like being unapologetically a, a jerk. <laughs> that being authentic just means not having to put on a facade or show up in any kind of certain way and also trusting that like no matter what happens you still know that you are worthy and deserving Mm -hmm. of of love and that you have essentially that you have your own back and that whatever plot twists or mistakes or whatever happens in your life um it is not an accurate reflection of your worth because it could be so easy like you were saying to look at this pattern and be like I'm just like a horrible person and I don't know how to choose people and all I attract are toxic people so I am not deserving of love but I love instead that you were like huh I recognize this pattern I don't love it and I want to do something about it and it may have taken a couple of you know a decade right yeah it might have taken (laughs) 14 years I think of It might have taken a couple rides on that roller coaster to realize that you just don't like that roller coaster, but there are other roller coasters out there, you know? But again, it's, it's one of those things of like, sometimes it takes us so long to, like you were saying with spirituality, these things happen, whether it be over like many, many times or whenever they happen so that we can learn something from them. But then also coming from a trauma informed, you know, standpoint, like, you don't have to find that in every situation, right? You don't have to turn your pain into power and all of those like little cliche things. (laughs) Sometimes life just sucks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes, And I think allowing, allowing that 
stuff to just suck mm-hmm. and holding space for either like, yeah, this sucks. And I want to do something differently about it. That is, mm-hmm. then that's something do that's doing something differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe before it's like, well, this sucks. I am a horrible person and I'm never going to date again. But then we, we go into a relationship and we do all the same things and we end up in the same place, but it's, it's that awareness and meeting ourselves where we are with curiosity and compassion. Maybe it's asking ourselves like, what, why do I do this? Right. Why, what, life situations, what past events have influenced the way that I show up or that I accept love, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think getting curious is also a way of breaking out of perfectionism because perfectionism says that there is like only one way. We can't deviate from the plan. (laughs) And if we deviate, then we're doing something wrong. And so like, I don't know about you, but for me growing up, asking questions was like a no-no. Asking questions was- Oh yeah, I'm uh, right. Disobedient, Mm -hmm. exactly. It was, you're being a troublemaker, you're disrespectful, you're ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And so, and that, and I think it's so, and I know why, I know why we do this to ourselves, but it is so interesting to me how- we just internalize all of these things that are so mean to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, 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 I, I love having no, these conversations. You're perfect though. because <laughs> you just okay. So I, I was gonna go back to when you were talking about in childhood when you notice that you know adults don't have their lives together, right? But they say they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you just tied it all in perfectly with the asking questions. What happens when as a child, you start to realize that what they're doing is actually not right. It's not perfect, that there are flaws, that there are things and they will not admit it. Think of how that shapes your brain, Mm -hmm. that you are wrong when actually you're not wrong. You're seeing things maybe even better than they are, but their ego And their need for control won't let them admit to anything. And so I think that when we talk about authenticity, sometimes that is saying, I made a mistake and I'm sorry. And this was my intention. And, you know, I, you know, I didn't, whether or not you choose to think differently of me, I have to be able to own this in me instead of faking it and pretending like I didn't do anything wrong, that it's your fault that you're Mm -hmm. reacting this way, right? That in reality, authenticity is showing up even when we don't show up the way we wish we did or when things don't go our way, right? And that's not saying you have to share every setback or anything with people. That's just saying that when it comes down to it, that sometimes authenticity is accountability in all stages. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) We weren't modeled that. No. Yeah, exactly. Thinking of like, just thinking of my own parents and my family, there was this desire and need to put on this facade that like, we were this really close tight knit family that like, I was a miracle child because my mom was told by three different doctors, she'd never have babies, but like, look, here she is. And I love her so much. But then behind the scenes, it was not that at all. I Mm -hmm. was called many different names and many different things none of which made me feel like I was the special miracle baby at all yeah um and when I when my parents found out about like my secret therapy sessions and that's a whole story in of itself and I did have a conversation with my mom she was unable to own up to 
those things because it went against the her her belief that like our family was perfect and that she and as we're talking about parents right perfectionism is such a generational thing and it's unfortunate that it is um and it's one of those things too that I think is very sneaky because we don't realize we are trying to be perfect to gain uh love acceptance approval or validation until we reach that point of like I am fucking exhausted and I don't want to keep doing this anymore and I don't know another way to be um and then and then doing you know whether it be like research or going to therapy or finding books that tell us like I don't want to say the antidote, but that's the word I can think of that. Like the antidote to perfectionism is authenticity. And, and all that means is just being you and whatever that means. And maybe that means you then go on a self-discovery journey after years, decades of, of, of um, stifling who you were and dimming your light because like you experience, you know, you're told you're too much, you're crazy, you're this, you're that. And so mm-hmm. you learn like, oh, okay, I can't be myself. So I'm going to push my this version of myself so far deep down and instead adopt and chameleon myself into this person that is acceptable, that like my parents will love, that my friends will like, that this person I'm interested can like, but it's exhausting. It is. And it can feel even more exhaust like it can feel even more tiring having to go into that deep inner journey to reconnect with that authentic mm-hmm. self but I think of it in the long term right the reason why it's so exhausting having to be on all the time is because it's not sustainable but what is sustainable mm-hmm. is just being you in every every sense of that word and in every situation um and again my little disclaimer is like being yourself doesn't mean being unapologetically a jerk and being mean to people um yeah. and taking accountability for your actions um <laughs> agreed yeah, yeah I agree and you know it's interesting when when you were talking I immediately had this flash to myself growing up and how much that my perception of myself has changed and it's okay that who I am and who I've decided I am has evolved. Yes. Yes. That's, yes, yes, that's yes, still yes, my yes. authentic self that I'm, I'm uncovering things and I'm deciding actually, no, this doesn't align with me. This isn't my truth anymore. I'm allowed to change my mind. I'm allowed to be different and we're supposed to change as humans, right? Oh, yes. I'm so and glad you okay. brought that up. That, that is such a good point. Yes. Who we were and okay, like I'm 99% sure that every single person is not the person they were in high school, um, or at least a majority of, of people, right? Like we yeah. are, we are meant to change and we are meant to grow. But again, there's this belief that somehow gets planted that once we have <laughs> hit puberty or like once we've developed or whatever, like that's who we have to be for, for the rest of our lives. Kind of like we were talking about, you know, like leaving jobs or careers mm-hmm. or changing our mind. Perfectionism yeah. tells us like, you can't change your mind. You have, you have said this thing and it's set in stone and you better get it. Oof, oof, you better get it right the first time. Right. How often yeah. do we hear that? Mm-hmm. And so it can be so scary. And that's why as a recovering perfectionist myself, I even struggle like trying 
to do new things because there is this fear that if I don't get it right the first time, then I have failed and I'm not good enough and I shouldn't even try again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that I am learning is the beauty of life. It is the trial and error. And I don't even mm-hmm. want to use the word error. I wish we had a different word of like, you know, trying something, seeing if it works, seeing if it fits. And if it doesn't, cool. We can mm-hmm. we can be grateful that we experienced it, that we learned from it. Yep. And even maybe commend ourselves for trying to do the thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I think trying And deviating from the plan in and of itself is like one of the bravest things we can do in addition to continuing down the path of of self-healing and um, choosing not only to do things differently, but to be and show up differently. Yeah. And I think individuality is is interesting because if you think from like, so let's, let's think of like the perfectionism mindset. Where does that really come from? Um, We have to be this version of us that society deems worthy, that society thinks we should be. And therefore, Mm -hmm. if we are that, we are perfect. So anything outside of that box, anything into our authenticity or individuality is often not accepted or shamed or whatever. You're breaking the mold, whatever. Okay. When I think really that by us maintaining this perfectionism approach and being what we need to do, that people think that that's actually what moves society forward. We stay in this box, we, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so those people who are like, um, I don't like this box and I don't want to do what everyone else does. And I'm actually not this are considered crazy wrong. You know, like we're just shunned by society. And instead what's interesting to me is like, if you think like people who are like happy and fulfilled and confident, what are they looked as crazy? um, you know, ungrounded, um, Mm -hmm. cocky, think they're better than everyone. That's not the case. I am, I can say right now that people since like people in my life from when I was younger, now that I am confident, now that I have boundaries, now that I've stepped in myself, they're like, you think you're better than everyone now? Like, uh, no, I, I don't think I'm better than anyone. I think I'm confident in who I am and I don't hate myself now. So that that doesn't mean that I think I'm better than you. That means that I know I have value and you have value too. I'm not saying that because I know I have value, you don't, yeah, but that's exactly. what happens to people's <laughs> ego is mm-hmm. you become confident. If I, I literally, I guarantee you when I was like, I'm beautiful. Someone's like, oh my gosh, wow. What is wrong with that girl? She's Ugh, so self-centered. She's, she's what so self-centered. Yeah. She's such a bitch. Like whatever. Like I guarantee you someone who was listening to that went ugh in their body, right? And but that's not, true. And, and that's if they true. want, ugh, it's not because they don't think you're beautiful. It's because of a belief that they might have around themselves, around their concept of beauty, right? Like when you were saying about confidence, people yep. equate confidence with arrogance or people yes. equate assertiveness, especially in women. They create assertiveness or associate assertiveness with uh, being a bitch or like yeah. being bossy yeah. or, or whatever. And it, it, so all of that to say like someone's perception of you and their response to how you begin 
showing up and acting differently, showing up differently, choosing differently, is not an accurate reflection of you because, especially as recovering perfectionists and people pleasers, it's really easy to take all those external cues of like, ooh, they didn't like how I showed up, so I shouldn't go down this path and I should just stay in this box because it's safer here. Yes, yes. it's safer, but in the long run, is it sustainable? Are you happy? And, and like I said at the beginning, I think when we start to prioritize, prioritize our happiness over others, other people's happiness is when we really truly start to feel freer and things start to feel easy in, a, in the sense that like, it's easier to accept the possibility that we are good enough. It's easier to accept the possibility that we may actually be beautiful and pretty and kind and smart and good enough and that we don't have to constantly justify or prove our worth Mm -hmm. and we can just be confident like you're saying in in that we are innately worthy um yep and with that awareness if we find ourselves feeling like we need to prove ourselves maybe it is it's not us maybe it's that we are with or around people who carry that or expect that from us. Your environment can perpetuate your perfectionism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boundaries are one of the first things that you can do to start reclaiming your power and finding your authenticity is realizing what doesn't work and what doesn't fit and what doesn't feel good. That's the first step. And accepting that it might take some time to figure out what doesn't work and doesn't fit, that it won't happen overnight. It's not Mm -hmm. like how we see in the movie. I don't know. I got this image of like, you know, every 90s, early 2000s makeover montage of like, she just takes off the glasses and pulls her hair down and boom, she's an entire princess diaries. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel you. Like they just, you know, wax their eyebrows and do their nails, straighten their hair. I don't know why straight hair is like, anyway, anyway. Well, okay. So I, I, as a little side note too, but what, what people see as is attractive. Okay. Let, let's just talk about, let's talk about physical attraction for a second. Okay. Oh. So I personally believe that it's not about as much about what someone looks like. It's about what they feel like the energy <gasps> yes. is. Attractive. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because that's been on my mind for a while. I recently had a friend come out and their family was having a really hard time. Like accepting that you know because well like they're very open-minded people and yet we grew up in situations and there's this fear of like oh no now my child is going to be treated differently because of this or blah blah blah, blah. Yep. and then it started to make them doubt like oh maybe I'm not maybe maybe I'm just I it, this is just I hate to say it but like a phase or whatever and we had this mm-hmm. conversation and I was like I don't think love is about any like genitalia or any physical things like yeah maybe you like blue eyes yeah maybe you like red hair or mm-hmm. or you like tall people you like short people whatever but I think it's more about exactly what you're saying how they how they feel what their soul feels like how they make you feel um and it's it's that like the the what am I trying to say I was gonna say something about how like the physical attraction is great and the uh, deeper soul level magnetic attraction. Um, mm-hmm. That's I wish more people thought of love that way, that it's not about gender. It's not about physical appearance or um, how even one identifies, but it's just that, that connection. 
and even, even outside of love, like if we think of we are in life attracted to different things, right? We are drawn mm-hmm. to a job or career choice or whatever. And I think that what that comes from, especially like in friendships and um, in romantic relationships is that we are attracted to the qualities that either we wish we had or we like in ourselves that we want amplified, right? Like I can tell you the amount of Taurus men <laughs> that I have been drawn to in my life because I have like, no, this is super spiritual, but like, I have no sense of like groundedness in me. And there is something about a Taurus man that just has it together. That has this like stability that I crave. Like Mm. I just need someone to ground me every once in a while. I'm the dreamer. I'm the creative. I got the big passion and energy. I got thoughts for days, got creativity for days. I'll be the life of the party. And I, you know, I can be the intellectual, whatever, but when it comes to the structure and grounding and getting things done, that's where I struggle. And so I find myself drawn to the quiet structured man, but Like, it's like, but they have to also have this like emotional intelligence, but that's, that's what I'm drawn to is like the thing that I lack Mm. as much, which is the structure and the thing that I cherish most about myself, which is the emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. at the same time. It's Mm -hmm. not about the person being physically whatever. And like, I can tell you right now that there was someone that I was drawn to in the past that it just never actualized. Um, but for me, it was, I mean, they are physically, holy cannoli, (laughs) like, let me, like, to the point where I'm like, I feel insecure. I'm like, oh, like literally like Disney prince, like just, I can't. Okay. (laughs) But it had nothing to do about that, that I was drawn to them. Absolutely nothing. And I guarantee that when I made that known that this person was like, oh, they're just like everyone else. They're just drawn to what I, it was not that at all. It was an energy. It was a softness that I picked up on. It was a light. It was, you know what I mean? It was a kindness that just felt so comforting and like home. And that's what I felt. But I look like this girl who's like a freaking gold digger. <laughs> like, I just, you're like, you're sustainable. You got all this going on. And like, you are so hot, like goodness. <laughs> but also what's funny is like, not my, my type at all, but very, very physically attractive. And it's just like, I look at that and I'm like, but so much of the world operates that way that we have to just see the physical. And I think people do that when they're afraid of looking inward at themselves And the more we're comfortable with ourselves in an inner level, the more we're willing to see other people at an inner level. And the more we judge ourselves superficially, the more we do that to others. Absolutely. And I'm really glad we went on this little tangent because we're tying it back to perfectionism. Like, Mm -hmm. exactly. Perfectionism doesn't just show up in like relationships with ourselves or in our personal relationships, but like on a deeper level, it can even show up in like meeting our romantic relationship to be perfect or the other person has to check off x y and z boxes and Mm -hmm. if they even slightly deviate from it then like oh nope they're not the one and I and I don't even I don't even like saying the one because yeah there's many ones there's many ones for us I agree like you said right like you and z learned a lot from from each other and I'm sure at one point you thought that you guys were like soulmates because you kept coming back to each other but I think you know soulmates can mean very different things it doesn't always have to mean 
romantic relationship. Like I think my best friend is my soulmate. She and I have been friends for 15 years now. We've been friends for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I like, can't even remember what my life was like before. And I don't, before we met and I don't know what my life would look like without her. Um, But all of that to say, you know, I think we learn a lot from different people and to put the expectation on ourselves that we have to find the one or the Mm -hmm. right one even is not fair, just as it's unfair for us to put that expectation on ourselves that we have to be the one for someone else. Yeah. I love that. And any too, it's like, I love that quote that it's like, people come into our lives for a reason, a season or a lifetime Mm. and Mm -hmm. letting it be okay that it's a season or letting it be okay that it's a reason, right? Like when going back to me and Z, like, I know that the reason that I connected with him one, because my trauma attracted his trauma. And we kind of can like, now that I know more about each other, like we like completed each other's trauma cycles, (laughs) repeating things with our parents. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, however, the lesson that I got in that was self-love and boundaries. And, you know, like this person to push me away would say things like, you're too big for me. Like you're, you're not, you know, you're not physically attractive for me. You're not, you know, like you're not what I want in this way. And started picking apart little things about me that you're not enough here. And eventually I had to be like, I am forget this. And what's, what's funny now is the roles are reversed is I'm over here knowing I'm enough. Mm-hmm. They're feeling not great about themselves in many areas. And like, Oh, I wish I would have seen it sooner. And I'm like, yeah, I wish you would have too, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's, it doesn't, it doesn't align anymore. Like when I was 16 and hurt and traumatized and, and like, you were, you were perfect for me then. And I don't regret anything that happened. You know, you, we had great connections. We, we still have a great soul connection. I know that, but like you said about soulmates is like there, I, I believe we have multiple soulmates and sometimes Mm -hmm. that's just people that we connect with that support uncovering different aspects of ourselves that can mirror certain things in us. And maybe that's lifelong and maybe that's just for a stage and that's okay because we, I mean, you think about it, like you connect with some people, you feel like you've known your entire life. Some mm-hmm. people you feel like you just do not mesh with at all, no matter what. And then there are some people where it's like you mesh for a season and then you just start growing apart naturally and nothing really happened. That's what happens that we have to be willing to ebb and flow in connections. And I feel like sometimes our sense of pride gets in the way too, of being like, we don't fit anymore. And what does that say about me? If we don't fit, does that mean that I'm wrong? Does that mean that I'm broken? Does that mean that I'm dysfunctional? That means we don't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, me and me and this person, we don't, we don't fit anymore and that's mm-hmm. okay. And I think that they're still upset about that. And they're like, oh, why are you like this? Why do you do this? And I'm like, um, because this is how you're reacting already. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm being upfront. I'm not being, I'm not like trying to put you down. Just like, you know, I appreciate the lessons, but we don't, we don't go together. It's like, ugh, whatever. Why are, why are you pushing me away? Why? I'm, because I know, and because you're coming at this with an emotionally immature point of view, I know where I've been healing and where I've been growing and where I am now. And when we connected, we were both at that level mm-hmm. that made mm-hmm. sense for each other. And you don't know me now. I love you always will, but it's, it's just yeah. not that. Yeah. And it's not going to be, and that's okay. doesn't mean that my, my disastrous history of relationships and being a single Pringle at 
29 and a half, it makes me a failure. It just means that I took time to figure out this part of my life. And I'm sure some people are like, girl, you're not even 30. Like there are people who are probably listening. They're like 40 and 50. that are like, are you kidding me right now? They're like, just you wait. Just wait. (laughs) You think 30 is old. Like I I know I get that comment all the time. Like you think I'm like, I'm 40 and 50 and waking up to trauma. Don't even. And I'm like, okay, everyone. That's the thing. Everyone's on their own journey. Yes. That's okay. Exactly. 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 And talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, perfectionism and the healing journey, it can be so easy to compare. I mean, and that's what perfectionism is, right? It's constantly comparing ourselves to other people and seeing our flaws and seeing mm-hmm. their strengths or whatever, and not recognizing that they have flaws too. Um, and especially ah. on the healing journey, there's this, again, this expectation that it's just an overnight thing. We go from hating ourselves to all of a sudden loving ourselves so much and thinking mm-hmm. we're so worthy and deserving and setting boundaries like badasses. And like, yeah, I wish that for everyone. I, I, I wish everyone can get to that can get to that place but it takes time and it Mm -hmm. takes exactly what you did of admitting to yourself or to another person that like hey this doesn't fit this doesn't fit where I am right now Mm -hmm. and I I I acknowledge and I recognize that this did serve me for a season and I'm grateful like right we never want to shame ourselves for the things that we did it it is very easy to do because we may have grown up in spaces that shamed and criticized and judged us for our decisions instead of sitting down with us and being like okay what maybe didn't go according to plan. What lessons do we want to learn here so that that can benefit us in the, in the future? Mm-hmm. And it can be so easy to be like, oh, I made a mistake. Oh, look at all these mistakes I've made. Look, I'm 30 and I don't have kids yet. And my biological clock is ticking. Or fuck the biological clock. Fuck everything about what society <laughs> tells us we need. Yes. We need to do or that we should do or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like there are so many women celebrities even right now like my favorite comedian is one of my favorite comedians is um Eliza Schlesinger mm-hmm. she just had a baby and she just turned 40 like yeah, like yeah. Who, who I feel like I'm Selena Gomez like who says who says this who, says that? <laughs> who said life have to has had to follow this path who said yeah. by 30 who said by 18 we had to decide what we wanted to do for the rest of our lives when who our said, brain isn't even fully formed yet Egg, oh my gosh, I know exactly. Who said that we had to go immediately into a four-year college and get a degree and then immediately go into a job? And like, like I just I mm-hmm. and I and I look back on my life knowing I was a person who saw life that way of like, okay, here's the checklist, here's the blueprint, I have to follow it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like teenage Marissa is probably like, what on earth are we doing right now? <laughs> Teen what do you K does mean? not like me. Right. Like, like, girl, what you're, you're making us really look bad. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, just exactly just, just. <laughs> like there's an, and you know, even though I am a perfectionism recovery, I don't want to say coach anymore. That's changing. And I'll like, you know, yeah. while we're talking about perfectionism as entrepreneurs too, like things are going to shift and pivot just because you chose one niche, one way of doing things doesn't mean your business won't change. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, true. <laughs> Very true. But, oh, and I forgot what I was going to say. Um, um, what are we talking about? <laughs> Honestly, I lost the train of thought too, because I got into thinking that like we are evolving. Yeah. We're, we're always, we're going to be evolving and that's okay. And like, it's, you know, we both, you and I both have had business, what we would call failures. Right. And like publicly. And I was like, oh my gosh, my reputation used to be everything to me. 
I was like, yes, how because- people see me is mm-hmm. so important. And if they don't see me as good, that means I am not good. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people think of me anymore because I love myself. And, oh, oh, I think this is going to bring you back to your point. Um, even those people who are the most confident, who love themselves, who have those days that are like, I am a kick-ass human. I feel on top of the world. I can take risks and do whatever. It's not to say you're going to feel that way all day, every day. Yes. That was it. Thank you. Yes. Going back to the healing journey. Healing is not about feeling sunshine and rainbows all the time, right? That's just unrealistic and toxic and not fair to anyone. Healing is about no matter what comes up, no matter what happens, you are there for yourself and you swoop in like when mistakes, plot twists, failures happen, you can swoop in with love, right? If our inner child, our inner teen is like, raging and so angry and so upset and really hurt mm-hmm. our present self and who we are right now can swoop in and be like hey I know this didn't go according to plan I know this is bringing up a lot of things but it's not this doesn't affect our worth this doesn't mean we are not good this does mm-hmm. not make us a bad person right this makes us human and there is nothing wrong with humanity even if we may have grown up in spaces that tell us like, you know, you can't trust yourself. You're inherently sinful. You are not good enough and you will never be good enough. And you need to rely on X, Y, and Z in order to somehow try and constantly strive for perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And sometimes it's doing things like getting out of perfectionism and healing and growing is knowing that those heavy emotions are there. They're not completely like disorienting you and dysregulating you anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I take steps forward all the time and I am scared. Mm -hmm. I take risks and I'm scared. And the difference is I used to let this, the fear stop me. And now I recognize that it's there and I move forward regardless that I take care of myself and do what I need to, to manage that. But then I also bring in that conversation with like, Hey, inner child, inner teen, I get it. We're scared. That's valid. And also I've got this, I can trust myself. And if anything happens, I know how to handle it. Like we're going to do it anyways, because it's like, yes, what if I fail Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this is miserable and I lose everything, but on the same thing where we're jumping to conclusions what if it's freaking amazing Mm -hmm. and it's everything I've ever wanted and fear stopped me and I think too when we when we're talking about things like that like you know instead of what if we fail what if we succeed or whatever I think Mm -hmm. it's also important to remember that we respond to ourselves the exact same way no matter what Mm-hmm. that if we fail we come in with so much love tender loving care mm-hmm. it's okay we got this we tried but we'll try again differently next time or we'll yep. take time to process this if we succeed awesome great coming in with tender loving care that was vulnerable that was brave you did a really great thing I'm so glad it turned out the way we wanted and now we can move forward you know whatever instead of being like yay you did it I'm so proud of you for succeeding and being like oh no sweet baby child because then we just repeat the cycle of oh no we don't want failure because then it's you know we're not getting the response even from ourselves that we yes it's praising the effort and Mm -hmm. the intention and what you did as opposed to the result absolutely there's so much more we could probably say on perfectionism especially as entrepreneurs right we could talk so much about our quote-unquote failed launches but I like to call them plot twists you know our plot Mm -hmm. twisty launches um but yeah I agree and it's like 
you know, when, when you bring it in, it's like at the end of the day, like we've said throughout this entire thing is the, the authenticity is just owning where you are in the moment and allowing that to be okay. And, you know, having that beginning to develop that connection with yourself as to what is my next step that feels good to me? What feels good now? Right. Like when I'm making a decision, does the energy in my body or everything in my body tense up or do Mm. I feel comfortable and free? That's such a good point with decision-making, right? Mm -hmm. Because we look at it as, are we making the right or wrong decision? But we Mm -hmm. don't know if it's even quote unquote right or wrong until whatever happens afterward. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a lot supportive. It's a lot more supportive and empowering to approach decisions as just a decision and trusting no matter what happens, you are there for yourself. You're not going to shame yourself. Will it set us, can it set us back? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Can it propel us forward? Maybe. But in either way, we can handle whatever comes next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I a hundred percent agree. And you know, to anyone who is struggling with this, give yourself compassion and grace. And even even when we try and things don't go as we plan, or we're recognizing like we're falling back, we're, we're repeating the same patterns in our healing journey. I think the most important thing you can do to work through perfection is to, to give compassion along the way. Absolutely. And Not speaking so, of yeah. compassion, yes. my question for you would be, how have you cultivated? Because this is like my all my work. All I do is is try and help people cultivate that compassionate inner voice mm-hmm. to make it louder than the inner critic, to make it louder than perfectionism. Mm. So I'm curious how did you cultivate compassion within yourself? And maybe even like, who does it sound like? Used to sound like my parents or the inner teen that was shaped, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of the critic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, so one thing that we refer to is like the inner coach. There's like the inner critic voice and the inner coach voice, right? And it's like that compassionate voice. I think that sometimes that the inner coach, I didn't always believe, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but it was, I had to logic my way through at first. It was kind of like subconscious reprogramming, right? That like, whenever I caught myself saying something that was negative about myself or, oh my gosh, I messed up. I'm such an idiot. The smallest little things I caught myself and I would do like a redirecting strategy. And I would literally say out loud, no, Taylor, you're a human being and this happens and you did the best you could and you're learning and you're moving forward. You're, you're, you're evolving. You're not an idiot. You Mm -hmm. just made a mistake and you weren't informed yet. And when you know better, you're going to do better. Now, you know, better. So you're informed to do better. And I just had to continually do that. And the mindset shift that I was able to is I just kept thinking like, okay, so my goal is self-love. If I am really good at loving other people to the point, so good where I just overgive and everything, like, I'm really, really good at loving others. What if I treated myself as someone I loved before I did Mm. and that Mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I actually started loving myself because I treated myself as if I loved myself. It's like the same, you think of like relationships and like, what do you do to develop trust? What do you do to develop these feelings? What do you do? You know what I mean? You, you show up, you, you allow yourself to be vulnerable with them, right? You connect. It's the same kind of thing that I had to do with myself as I had to build a relationship with myself, just like I would with anyone else from ground zero. Totally. And that's acceptance. That's, um, 
you know, knowing when you need to take it easy, knowing when you need that pep talk, knowing when, you know, someone needs support and someone needs more compassionate care, knowing when you got to give them a kick in the pants. And you know what I mean? It's like, yes, I was doing exactly. it for myself. Yes. And what you're describing is just meeting yourself where you are with curiosity and, and compassion. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about meeting ourselves where we are, that doesn't mean just meeting the good things, right? And oh. only give attention attention to the the easy, the things that are easy to acknowledge and, and love and recognize. Yep. Meeting ourselves fully, flaws, quirks, trauma and all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because when we hide parts of ourselves away, we're just repeating that same cycle that we grew up in of like, no, 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 you're being too much. You're being too loud. You're being crazy. You need to hide these parts because they're not acceptable. Um, so yeah, I think meeting, meeting yourself where you are is like one of the first steps. Like, I don't ever think that the healing journey has steps necessarily, but I do think that conscious, I can't ever say that word, but the, the awareness, right. The intentional awareness Mm -hmm. of, who you are, where you are, where you've been and where you want to go is so important. And then um, breaking the cycle by doing things differently. Mm-hmm. Like you said, maybe it's that you have to ride the, you have to ride that roller coaster a couple of times and then realize like, you know what? I actually kind of hate this and I, I want to get off. Yep. But then it might take a couple of times more to be like, okay, this is the time I'm going to do something differently. Maybe it's like, okay, maybe instead of writing in the back, I'm going to write in the front. Okay. Yeah. No, I still don't like that. Let me try the middle. No. Okay. I think I just need to get the roll, get off the roller coaster entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, so breaking, breaking that cycle and then beginning to show up for yourself in the same way that you show up for others. Right. Cause a big component of perfectionism is people pleasing, yep. um, of making other people happy of disregarding our needs to make sure everyone else is okay and happy. And then in turn, they love us. Um, but if they're not happy, then we lose that. And we're, and I also want to note too, like anyone listening, we are biologically wired for connection. So it makes sense that when we begin to sense people pulling away or drifting, it triggers not just an abandonment wound, but also like a biological survival thing, you know? Yeah. And that's why it can feel so scary because it's like biologically we're wired to oh, there's safety in numbers, there's safety in community, there's safety in connections. If I'm alone, that can feel really scary. And of course, now I, I, it's not as simple as that. Like people can be on their own, live on their own and mm-hmm. be totally fine and secure in themselves. Um, yep. Yeah. And then I think after showing up for ourselves, it's important to begin integrating. I think that's another part that doesn't really get touched on in the self-help books and personal development books and the courses and stuff. I mean, not the courses, because I think like you have some great courses that, okay. that allow the opportunity and space for integration, because again, mm-hmm. that is the subconscious rewiring. Mm-hmm. So much of it is just like, as long as you just think about these things, then change will happen. But no, it's when you integrate and embody it and infuse it. It's like a cellular level with your nervous system and your brain and your body and connecting mind, body, spirit, all of the parts. That is when things start to really change. And if you're you're listening to this and you're like, Marissa, that sounds so overwhelming and so much, I apologize if it sounds overwhelming. However, it's one of the last steps though. That's why it sounds overwhelming. Exactly. And it does take time. Mm -hmm. And I, and I wouldn't say like, you can take that as you, as you will. For some people, they dedicate because they have the privilege to, they dedicate a lot of time to their mm-hmm. healing. 
they don't have to really focus on anything else for other people. It may take years because they're juggling other things. Maybe they had kids and their kids are mirrors for their own wounds or something. And now they're Mm -hmm. not just trying to heal themselves, but they're also taking care of their kids. And then they have to take care of their inner child and they have to take care of their partner. And, and now they're healing together, you know, so life is not black and white. Life is messy. Life happens. And, and all of it is okay. My, one of my favorite sayings that one of my coaches told me is it all belongs. It all belongs. All of it. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, Mm -hmm. the chaotic, the peaceful, the whatever it all belongs. And when we can get to that point of accepting every single part of the messiness of the crazy, the, I don't even want to use the word crazy, but you know, I know I I try to break myself out of that one too, (laughs) but when we can accept all of it, allow it to come through without Mm -hmm. any judgment or shame and instead with curiosity and compassion, I think that's when we can really start to kick perfectionism in the, in the butt. And again, there's nothing wrong with perfectionism necessarily. Um, It served us at one point, it kept us safe at one point, and now mm-hmm. we're realizing that this way of operating is just no longer in alignment, and we can try something else, and we can continue to try yep. different things, and we can always change our mind. Yep, and just like you were saying that all of the pieces that belong, they make the story more interesting anyway. Exactly, exactly. No one exactly. wants to watch a consistent happy ending with nothing ever happening. Everything's predictable. Like that's that's not a movie or a TV show or a book that anyone wants because yes. that's that's not how we operate. Exactly. My my therapist once said, um, the pieces that you don't love about yourself are still pieces of the puzzle. And when we try to not add them to the puzzle, it leaves fragmentation. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that you're like all of a sudden not a whole person, but yeah point being the picture is no longer you know fully there so I get you yeah absolutely so for people who want to feel like they have completed their picture where can they find you (laughs) so you can find me on instagram and tiktok i'm dabbling a little bit over there um at (laughs) little bent underscore not broken um that is yeah, that's my handle. That is my business name. That is the name I do everything under in regards to perfectionism recovery. Um, and my little slogan is you being you is better than being perfect because we're all about authenticity here. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Perfect. Um, well, I, thank you. I was gonna say, yeah. do you want to share anything about what you're doing? Is it still kind of under wraps? I'm, um, it's okay. not really under wraps so much as like, renovation I still am not sure where I'm moving forward and that's what I was going to say too of like I would love to write my perfectionism is like don't even talk about this right now but I'm going to I I don't know what's going to happen with my coaching over the last two years I have offered one-on-one coaching um, where we focused a lot on like flipping the inner dialogue and being more kind and compassionate Mm -hmm. but as you know and I'm sure as like people who are listening being an entrepreneur is pretty difficult and I entered the space in a way that did not was not upfront about it and it was very much like once you go all into your business you will receive so much success and you it'll be perfect and beautiful and great and now I'm realizing like oh fucking shit no building a business takes time and I know it might someone might be like Marcy you're so naive yeah I know I recognize that and I had Mm -hmm. to learn that lesson it's kind of like you know when you have a friend who who is going to a person going back to a person that you know, they shouldn't. 
and you have done everything you can to try and like, they'll talk to you about it. They're, you know, mm-hmm. open and honest and, and they're yep. okay with your feedback and they're okay with you expressing your mind. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to let this person figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with my entrepreneurship. And journey. that's fair. And, yeah. and that's the person has to listen to their voice, have their lessons, whatever, like it's your journey. Right. And so exactly. I think, yeah, I mean, mine, mine started very differently than it's going to, and that's okay. Yeah. That's just life. That's just everything. And I think that's the perfect segue to wrap this up that just allow yourself to be where you are and know that it's enough. And you can also know that where you are is enough and be wanting to shift things. And that's a beautiful space to be in because when we try and shift from a point of correction, that's not going to be sustainable because we're always going to want to find things to correct. Right. But when we shift from a point of love and wanting to be better and wanting to grow and still love myself, that's when it's going to be sustainable because you're operating from a place of love instead of a place of not liking yourself. Right. And for yourself, not for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, Truly. Love that. Mm. Good stuff. Okay. So thank you for this conversation. Thank you everyone for listening and yeah, we will see you next time and talk to you soon. Yay. Thanks Taylor. Bye.